When you think about Ethereum, you think about Bitcoin. Ethereum just moved to proof of stake. Why did Ethereum move to proof of stake? One of the reasons uh, is it's quote unquote energy efficient. So it makes it easier to make more money. It's basically what Ethereum mm -hmm. has done. But Bitcoin makes it easier to get more energy because Bitcoin is the most ef ef efficient way to consume energy and gain value. Hey everybody, this is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Uh, hey, Dan, how's it going? What's going on? How you been, man? Uh, I don't know. A lot has happened in the past... Uh, two three weeks that we've spoken how was uh how how's amsterdam i went to amsterdam that's true with uh natalie brunel and uh brecky von bitcoin and we went there to record a, an episode of hard money along with a uh, rowdy i don't know if any if many people know rowdy or not probably more yeah. people know rowdy than me <laughs> i'll say that um but we all went out down, down to amsterdam uh and we did uh, an episode of Hard Money. And that was a unique experience just because you're doing, um, you're doing the show uh, that you normally do every week, uh, but suddenly you have to pick up your entire production and you have to figure out how you're gonna do it on location. So that's what we had to deal with. And that was uh, in, in the heart of Amsterdam where you can go to a coffee shop at you know, any time of the day, I'd have to say it was a pretty uh, unique experience. How about pretty yourself? Jealous about that. I'm pretty jealous about that one. I feel a lot of FOMO there. I haven't had nearly as exciting the past few weeks. I've just been here at home, kind of wor working a lot, but uh, I'm excited to go to out to LA and then El Salvador in a few weeks. So that'll be great. But you're still, you're sitting at home, you're hodling at least. Oh yeah, oh, you know what I mean. And stacking, always stacking. Yeah, but but the, so you, you have to think like if you're if I'm if you're out and about on a trip such as like such like that, you're you're down to spend more for sure, right? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, but I uh, I think I mentioned it before, but during 2020 and 2021, uh, there wasn't a lot to do, and I kind of dedicated myself to i'm gonna work really hard uh i'm gonna just like put a ton of effort into learning about bitcoin uh, my job doing you know a little bit of open source contribution just working like just trying to establish that when the, everything comes out on the other side i'll be way ahead um and so 2020 this year was all about, I was going to travel more. I was going to get out and meet people, meet Bitcoiners, just to see the world and, and live a little bit, uh, live life a little bit. So it was like, I was willing this year to make a modest sacrifice to my stacking to the trade. I was making a trade-off there's no right or wrong answers in life. There's mm -hmm. just trade-offs. So I made the trade-off to live a little bit more this year and uh, get out as much as I could. So, and I'm going to continue that a little bit next year as well. What do you think about the pressure of that? You feel pressure during those moments when you're enjoying yourself? Oh, absolutely, dude. I can't, I can't relax. I mean, uh, on the weekend, vacation, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, it's kind of try. It's really a task, a chore trying to get my brain to just relax and enjoy the moment. It's a process, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, so when, when it's not great, when, but it's not healthy. When will Bitcoin reach a point where you can take a vacation and not feel uh at, not at ease it's it's i don't know if that, there's an answer to that question um because it's not so much about my net worth it's it's just about i mean that's part of it for sure don't get me wrong but um, well if you could sacrifice less units of your bitcoin to enjoy yourself so the, it, uh, it, it, it suits you to start acting as such. Am I wrong? No, you're definitely not wrong. Um, I don't 
some of the, some of what I've been doing this year, it hasn't strictly been about vacation or chilling, relaxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's still, a, am still like on a mission, right? Like Bitcoin is the mission and I still, it, it's a, it's not all, uh, altruistic either. I mean, it's personal as well. Like I want mm-hmm. to network, I want to meet people, I want to have experiences and then I, I want to learn, I want to grow. So it's not all about, uh, doing the most fun, relaxing thing. It's more about just doing something different than, than this kind of, uh, siloed life that I kind of built myself into in 2020 and 2021. If that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Um, to respond to that, I would say that I feel as though at this point in my life that I need to focus more on relaxation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do too. I might, that's it's basically, I'm coming off of like a decade of, of nonstop working. Okay. You know what I mean? Was that, was that, did you go into that decade, uh, prepared? I mean, were you like, I'm going to work my ass off for the next, it just happened. Exactly. Like I'm just making ends meet sort of deal. Okay. So I'm working 12 hour shifts constantly in the film business, breaking my back as a, as a grip on, on set, you know, hauling sandbags from place to place, trying to figure out how to support fucking, uh, flats and shit, things, things to this nature, things that you see on, on backstage. So I've been, I've been working that, that job and it pays it pays okay if you have consistent work, but when you don't have consistent work and you have a job every once or once or twice a month, sometimes you start to feel that edge quite a bit. And so I've been working, okay. I've been doing that sort of paycheck to paycheck life for quite a, quite a while. So my mind to put it into context is kind of the opposite of that, or maybe not, maybe not the opposite, but it's, I was, I've always, you know, I'm a software engineer, so I don't, I have, I don't have a problem finding a job um, and it pays pretty well. I'm not, I mean, I'm not some, I'm not rich, but it's, it's a comfortable upper middle class existence if you're a decent software engineer. But uh, for, you know, I would say 2000, maybe the middle of the last decade until 2020, um, I wasn't really a big saver. I wasn't really thinking about, uh, know my finances my retirement my future anything like that i was i partied a lot uh i just kind of lived did whatever i wanted were you smart were you smart back then because man (laughs) you're a smarty man you're i think you're i always love the sort of way directions your brain takes no and and i'm and i'm gonna and i'm getting to that actually uh (laughs) so it's it's funny that you asked that you you asked that but um no, it was more for me about finally kind of taking things seriously and trying to build a nest egg type of situation mm-hmm. uh, where I was like, I had the, I had the ability in my twenties and early thirties to have saved more and, and been more responsible in that way, in that sense. But uh, I was, you know, this, I was starting to like, oh, I got to structure this and I got to, I got to build, you know, something, I got to build some savings. I got to, invest, you know, things like that. That's mm-hmm. where my mindset was. So that's kind of where I was. I spent the next, you know, two years. I'm like, everybody's, you know, this is what? when I came to this conclusion, it was the beginning of the pandemic and everybody just kind of watching Tiger King and like, we can get drunk and stay home and like, you know, have to work. And I was like, all right, if everybody's thinking this way, I'm going to be the opposite. I'm going to not do all those things. I'm going to, yeah. it sucks anyways. I can't go anywhere. The bars are closed. You know, you can't travel, whatever. You can't do anything. I live, you know, where I live, it's not like I can go hike in the mountains. It's like, I'm just going to button down. And when this is over, I'll be ahead or at least I'll be more ahead. So that that's kind of where my mind was at the time. What, what, why were you driven in that direction? What, 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 like, what's the, what's oh, the reason? No, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, with two, almost three years hindsight, they over, they just made COVID way bigger of a, you know, a mess than it really was. It, but it was, you know, a lot of people were scared at the beginning, um, including myself. Like I didn't, it wore off in a few weeks, but at the beginning I'm like, oh shit, this could be a big deal. And I think 
that that kind of jarred me into realizing like life is short and that I haven't been living my, or hadn't been prepared, um, for life to get really hard or, you know, something to happen like, you know, 2010 to 2019 where times were good. The economy was growing, uh, liquidity was everywhere. And it was just kind of a shock. It was like, Hey, maybe think a little bit, uh, about your future because what you kind of thought was the future may not, you know, things might be changing. The world might be going to shit. And that part was correct. So it was like a moment where you sort you sort of realize the value of your tech. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. So, um, but the more, you, you know, we've been, that's kind of the theme we've had on the show, right? We talk about that and the, but that's, it's not by accident, right? Cause like we're, our minds have been going in that direction. It, we taken different paths, but both of our paths were paths that we became more cognizant of the value of our time mm -hmm. or we're becoming more cognizant of the value of our time. Um, and the more I've been thinking about it and I, I re I'm reading a book by Carlo Rovelli, the order of time. And I've mentioned on here before, but I'm rereading it again. And the more I think about it, the more I'm realizing that time and energy are related, you know, much more related than I think a lot of people realize mm -hmm. and kind of the way what and Rovelli's a, a Italian theoretical physicist. So I mean, he's, he's, uh, pretty respected. So mm -hmm. it kind of, kind of the meme mythological metaphysical stuff we talk about really, there's a lot of that in, in physics as well when you really mm -hmm. get into it. And so I'm reading his book and it's, he's talking about the only equation in all of the, the equations that, uh, describe the universe in physics there's only one that is that knows the difference between past and future no other equation in mathematics has any way of, to measure uh the, the passage of time or the the present and the future and it's uh, delta s is always greater than or equal to zero uh, which means that the change in entropy is always greater than or equal to zero so the only way, and that, so that's time. So any time you're measuring, or excuse me, any time, any, anything you're measuring, um, and you're, and you're measuring time, if, you know, if, if time has elapsed, it's, uh, the only way you can measure that is by, uh, heat because heat can never without any external process go from a cold, a cold body to a warm one. Heat can only go from a, a warm body and dissipate, uh, more, more and more to the cold, uh, you know, to the, that's like the universe, uh, there's heat and then it dissipates and then you're eventually in space and it's cold. So that's, if you have heat and it's dissipate, it's like, you know, if you're tracking an animal in the woods and there's warm feces on the ground and it's still steaming, you know, that that animal is nearby because right. that feces is still warm, but yes. if it was cold, you know what I mean? Like you can't, if it's cold, that means it's, he's further away. Yes. So that's the only yes, way you can track time. And is, the is colder heat, it right? is, I guess the colder it is, yeah. the further the more away, the more entropy, yeah. the more time has, has, has gone by. Yeah. That's so, a super interesting concept. You know, And so where does heat come from? It comes from the conversion of energy. Okay. Okay. So, so from those, so my, you know, to dumb it down here to get to the fucking point, um, <laughs> if in, if in those two years I spent a lot of time working and, uh, channeling energy towards something, uh, which I guess to me was making more money or just be more successful or get more things done. I was speeding up time mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. time, I was just converting more energy, creating, you know, there was more time that I was putting into this, I was going to be, a, I was literally blasting forward in time by putting more energy into my path. Does that make any sense? Do you mean you give your, your future self more energy or because of the amount of energy that you're using now? Is that what you're saying? 
a little bit. I guess I'm trying to say that if if the only way, you know, to go back to Ravelli, you know, what we call time is uh, like a day, an hour, a minute, a second. In physics, that's proper time. That's like mm -hmm. these waypoints that you can use to uh, judge how much things have changed over the yes. know, course of time. But that's not really what time is. But time is in the physical or in the physics sense is that linear direction of that conversion of energy. So what you, if something happens over two years and not that much energy is converted relative to something else where there's a much more energy converted, the second, uh, you know, the second item has take has uh, gone forward in time more mm -hmm, than the thing that hasn't because time is just the energy that's been converted. So instead of, you know, maybe working eight hours a day for 10 years, but not putting that much energy into it versus putting heads down all that energy in for two years, mm -hmm. you've just gone 10 years worth of time mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in two mm -hmm. because of the energy that you focused on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. 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 So that, that like, smartly ties economics to time and energy right yeah think about it so you know uh low interest rates uh that creates more liquidity makes it easier to borrow against the future mm -hmm. um, and what do you do with that extra money that you have today that you would mm -hmm. not have tomorrow what do you have with that money you use it to consume energy to build factories to build businesses to build cities, you're using energy to speed through time. So if you take lower interest rates artificially and you use all the energy that should have lasted for 10 years at an interest rate of 6% and you use it, you use all of that, well, then you've gone forward, you've gone up 10 years in time, you've pulled forward time. And if you don't have that energy, if you don't have plentiful so, gas you don't have plentiful nuclear and you live in the dark ages and your city takes your, the, nothing grows the, the, the economy doesn't grow there's no new castles being built after 10 years you haven't there's not much time has passed it's nothing has really changed not that much energy has really been converted so it makes me think of this question how do you relate um I guess, how do you relate then this concept of time that you're talking about with resources? Because it sounds like you have I, the, yeah, the faster, yeah. the more interest rates you place on top, the faster you extract resource, you have to extract resources, right? Not necessarily the faster you have to, but the faster you... It naturally turns you know, into. Yeah, I mean, you, if, if, if you could get a million dollars for 6%, you might not be able to do that. But if you have 0% rates, you don't, and you get that million dollars, well, you've got to make it grow. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it means you've got to invest it in something. You've got to invest it in people. You've got to put people to work. You've got mm -hmm. to put mm -hmm. machines to work. Mm -hmm. You have to put uh, everything mm -hmm. to work. And what does putting it to work mean? I mean, putting something to work means it is consuming and, and converting energy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in that I, time, yeah. It, it really, but I'm saying, wow, it really does tie economics to, to energy and time. Like, wow, what a, what exactly. a connection. Right so there. if you, after World War II uh, or, you know, during the Great Depression and then up into World War II, that time frame has been argued by the Keynesian econom economists and the Austrians about what got us out of that depression. And the Keynesians say that it's... Um, fiscal fiscal stimulus and the Austrians claim that it's uh, you know World War II and or you know the the fiscal responsibility that we somewhat return to in shrinking the budget uh, after World War II and then all of the all that is kind of what they are it's it's back and forth and it's kind of convoluted but if you study what happened in World War II uh, as soon as it ramped up U.S. energy production skyrocketed. I mean, 
the oil infrastructure that we had from like the forties to the seventies and eighties, that was all built at the end of the 1930s and the early 1940s. Uh, and we, and oil production rapidly increased in the early 1940s. We kind of switched from coal to oil. We built massive factories to fund the war effort. And it wasn't about the money that was spent so much that got us out of World War II. It was that we produced a shitload of energy. And we had all of this energy now to put to work and to speed forward time. Yeah, we had, we, we had the atom bomb, right? That's what... Yeah, I mean, nuclear power came online in the right. early 1950s. And from 1945 to like 1973, it was probably the golden era of the United States in terms of prosperity, growth, mm-hmm. the middle class. I mean, and it, that was the pinnacle of energy production and energy consumption was that several decade period. And then what did we do? In 1971, we went off the gold standard. And what did mm-hmm. that mean? Because all that energy standard. was consumed, you're right, yeah. yeah. So that, so that, well, no. So, so we went off the gold standard in 1971. So the money, our money system was no longer tethered to reality. It started to float. And that's when money started to get effi- really inefficient. And what ha- you got inflation because when the money's inefficient, knowing how much you should spend on energy becomes harder because you don't have a, a, the right uh, base to measure from. So then we started putting more money into projects that weren't energy efficient. And all this money went into these projects and we weren't getting the value out of it that it deserved that, or that you needed to, to make it, to justify it. So then things started to go down because we're using too much energy for too much inefficient shit. We weren't working, we weren't putting it to productive use. We weren't putting it to work to create things of value. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of it just lost in, in, in bad investments. So we were using too much energy and getting too little value out of it. And as soon as that happened, we started having inflation. We had the energy crisis in the ni- late 1970s, the instability in Iran, the Iran hostage crisis to the point where to fix it, Paul Volcker raised the interest rates up to 20% because he was slowing it down because we needed to build back up a, a base of energy and, and a base of rational investment making that was not just speculative and going into um, going into not if you know inefficient low value uh, investments and it worked it got inflation down we got more you know the energy production uh, and the, the amount of energy we had started to build back up again. And then we had falling interest rates from the mid 1980s until the financial crisis in 2008. And then we had zero interest rates um, coming up until basically earlier this year. So where does, where does Bitcoin live in all this? I'm not totally sure yet. Cause I've been thinking about this a lot, but I, one thing I'm thinking about is that if if Bitcoin, it, when you think about Ethereum and you think about Bitcoin, Ethereum just moved to proof of stake. Why did Ethereum move to proof of stake? One of the reasons uh, is it's quote unquote energy efficient. Um, but I don't, so it makes it easier to make more money. It's basically what Ethereum mm-hmm. has done. Mm-hmm. But Bitcoin makes it easier to get more energy because Bitcoin is the most ef- ef- efficient way to consume energy and gain value. So if you're a, an oil miner or excuse me, an oil miner, an oil uh, producer, gas, gas producer, whatever, whatever, nuclear, whatever. Um, and you, and you mine Bitcoin alongside your operation, you've now made it easier to get more energy because now your operation is subsidized. So now you can more efficiently produce energy and value. Whereas Ethereum is making it easier to get more money, but money doesn't really have value unless it's an efficient way, unless it, the, the value if that it, comes it, from it, using that energy. Unless it's tied to human capital itself, no? Yeah. Because when it's not, it has 
um it's a system it's a system bitcoin is a system like the the dollar system or any other kind of system but it's better but the dollar's got a lot of value because it's the reserve currency but it's also per dollar spent um to consume energy the value that you generate using the dollar system to consume energy is more efficient than if you use the euro or if you use the ruble or if you use right. the yen so the best money would be the one that is the most that pro that produces the most value per unit of energy consumed <laughs> if you have to consume a lot of energy to produce a little value that's not very good money but if you have to spend a little money to produce a lot of value that's the best money because hmm. it's the, it's what you'll have to have the least amount of to continue to have purchasing power to continue to invest and and produce value it makes me think that i have and, to sort of hoard this digital gold as much as i possibly can I, I have to you, like get yeah. as much as I possibly can. Right, exactly. Because it's, you know, the dot like back to the system, the dollar system. What? Why is the dollar system, of among all the fiat currencies, the most energy efficient? Quote unquote. When I say efficient, I'm not talking about. Um, it know, holds PSG the it has, holds the most uh, trust or value or any of these that's part of it but there's it's also you know people talk about the military you know it's not gonna the dollar system is not going to be disrupted and chaos is going necessarily to ensue uh it's less likely for that to happen i should say because we have a strong military because we have these banks the swift system we have all these um swap lines between the fed and the, and the swiss bank and the europe you know the european banks the system has been put in place you computer servers, um, the internet, like all the stuff that's been built to, to support. So you can send dollars somewhere in the world. That's a, there's a lot of energy that has gone into that system mm -hmm. and a lot of energy that continues to go into that system. So mm -hmm. when you put, when you, when you put your time or your money or your whatever into the dollar system, which is protected by a lot of energy that's gone into it to build this infrastructure and to protect it and you invest with that dollar system and you go out and you consume a scarce resource like uh you know to drill oil or to get whatever rare earth metals to build a company and if that system falls apart your investment falls apart your everything you own your net worth etc falls apart so you don't want see you want to be a part of that system and you want to be a part of a system that is so is efficient enough that the value you create is more than what you spent in terms of your time. It just keeps making me think of this uh, term. I think that Michael Saylor put it at, like, uh, he said something like your currency has to be airtight. Yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. Right. Like com completely sealed or else it, or else you'll leak. Right. That's what he talks right. about all the time. Right. And he also talks about Bitcoin being the best way to send money in time. Right. So back to the energy in time. What does it mean to send money in time? It means that you are sending your money along with the energy that's being converted to protect it. That's that energy that's being con converted, that heat, right? Your money is going with that. It's going forward in time. I think about it like a, like a message, like you're sending messages in the time in, in ahead, you know, in the future. Yeah. Oh, that's a great example. So back, you know, what in 1300s, if you were in uh, China and somebody in, you know, a King or whoever in Europe wanted to send you a message, how did he send it to you? gave it to he wrote it down on a piece of paper and he put it on a you know gave it to somebody and they got on a horse or whatever they did and they 
took the journey to China and it took what, two, three months for them to get there. And by the time that China, you, you're in China and you get that message two or three months later, how valuable is that message? How accurate is that message? That how old is that message? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's, it's, it's happened months ago. It might not be reliable, but now if you want to send a message in time, to somebody in China, you've got enough energy. Uh, you can do it instantly. And then you can also do that with money. You can do it with value and it can't be intercepted. You can know that if I sent, if you, if I try to send money to China or Russia right now through PayPal or a bank, probably not going to get there. They're probably going to flag that. Um, but if I send it with Bitcoin, I know it's not going to be intercepted and it's going to make it through time. It's going to make it through space. And it's going to make it there fast. So we kind of take that for granted, I think, that we can do that now. But to tell somebody that in the past, I think they they really would have valued that. And I think we're going to continue to value that as it becomes harder to guarantee that we can get that information sent. It makes me think of something that Morgan Rock Noon said. What's that? <laughs> About... Uh, the the device is centralizing so you can send bitcoin from one wallet to another wallet from america to china as you say but what happens when the producers of the wallets become centralized if that does occur producer of the wallets yeah like the I would say like, let's say Ledger becomes the only manufacturer of all hardware wallets for some reason, because they bought out every other company, right? So well, in the, that scenario. Well, that's the beauty of Bitcoin is you really don't need Ledger. You don't need that wallet. You can, you can create your own wallet on a piece of paper. There you go. That you're right. You're absolutely right. Right. And so. The other, one of the things back to the time in the physics, right? Thank is, you. <laughs> uh, the theory of relativity with Einstein. So Einstein learned that the faster an object is moving, the slower time moves for it. So think about if you were to walk from California to Omaha and hang out with me, how long do you think that would take you? A while. And by the time you got here, you'd be that much older. Mm-hmm. If you flew, if you flew, you'd be here in two hours, three hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, and you just got through the help of a lot of energy. You just made mm-hmm. it how, if you walked, it would have it's taken a month. So you wow. just want a month in time. I didn't even so, think about that kind of that. Uh, now think about wow. it now. Now, if wow, we can wow, send wow. Bitcoin, if we can send Bitcoin from here to the other side of the planet, at the speed like, of light. By the way, that just reminds me of like UPS, like shipping rates. You know? <laughs> right, right. Sorry. Keep yeah. Going. Yeah. If you send it from here to the other side of the planet and at the speed of light, that information back to the, you know, the, the example you used about, or we used about sending like a letter from Europe to China, the value of that information changes mm-hmm. and you don't know what the value of that information is going to be when it gets to China. So when you're sending information, Bitcoin, to the other side of the planet today at the speed of light, you can be sure that the value of that information is going to hold up pretty damn well mm-hmm. because it's there instantly. Mm-hmm. And so if the, if mm. the, value, if the value that you would want to send requires as much energy as Bitcoin does, then the only vet, the only information, the only money that inf- money is information, that value that you're going to use all that took all of this energy, that's probably going to be some pretty valuable information because why would you waste bullshit information mm-hmm. if it, if it was that costly and there's only that many units of Bitcoin and you're going to spend your precious Bitcoin on some bullshit. <laughs> that's not very valuable information. So you, if you're going to send that value information somewhere far away in time, it's probably going to be 
good information. So when you look back on the ledger and you, you see the information that was sent by somebody 20 years ago, 200 years ago, at some point in the future, somebody will look at that, right? Well, if somebody wanted to spend their Bitcoin to have information live 200 years into the future, that's probably good information. It's probably the best information that somebody could have had at that time to give you. So you have to look at the, we have to discern what, you, if, if this information is so important that they, all this value went into getting it here, we should probably look at it and, and value that information ourselves. It's, we're communicating with the, you know, the future. We're communicating what is the most valuable piece oh, that's of a information. Cool concept. Well, now when you say communicating with the future, you know, we go from this, like having to walk from Omaha or from California to Omaha to flying to Omaha, right? So you just compress a, a month's worth of time and then to send a message or to what, whatever the case may be. Um, and then if you make it uh, to the fact that you can transport money directly at uh, and, it, and it's pristine message that far into the future and make sure that the, and the future will know that that is that important. Right. Um, uh, it, it's just expresses like this, this kind of like, I don't know where I'm going with this dude. But I think it's, I'm just thinking like, well, how valuable is that information? Right. right. So how but now like that seems like the most valuable information that you could send. Right. Depends on how much you value Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. So if you, there's a, there's a book by John Degata. He was like a creative writer at the University of Iowa, which has a really good creative writing program. I, I think it actually is the best or considered the best. And uh, he wrote a book about, it's called About a Mountain. And it's a fictional story about a real situation. So the, I think it was until maybe a decade or two ago, there was a, a project, to, to, they wanted to store the nuclear waste um, that the US produced from its nuclear plants and its nuclear weapons programs. They wanted to bury it under this mountain in Nevada, the Yucca Mountain. It's kind of right, right outside Vegas. And the, the government uh, and the pro people behind the project, they, they brought together linguists, philosophers, poets, engineers, uh, writers. And they kind of had this meeting because they wanted to come up with a symbol or a sign that they could post outside of the entrance into that mountain where all that nuclear waste was stored. But that nuclear waste was going to be there. and It was going to be dangerous. And it could kill people for 10,000 years. So they were trying to figure out what could they put on the sign that would be understood by an intelligent being who st could have stumbled upon it for the next 10,000 years in the future. Language would change, values would change, everything about the human condition could change. So what could we put on that sign that would be a way to alert anybody they could see it and instantly recognize? that it was a danger sign and that they shouldn't go further. And that's like a, you know, they didn't come up with an answer to that. The book wasn't, was more about asking that question of do you, how do, do you, you communicate? Do you know that future? image? Do you, would you, would you think, what, what do you think of that image is? I don't know. I, you know, I, I racked my brain about it because it's like, I would probably put some sort of symbol that, that would be recognizable as a it has to be like an emotion, intelligent, like, yeah, right. Exactly. Like, a, like something that would represent a person or a body or a living intelligent being. And okay. it would symbolize them being dead because I think anything can be recognized as like, so what, what's, this what is, is a the dead body, right? It's a meme, you know, it's an, it's, no, a, what's, it's an what is it? what's the image itself of what you're describing? I don't know. I don't know. I would say, I would uh, say it's a skull and crossbones. That's yeah. what I would put. Right. 
not necessarily exactly that, but th that's the right theme. That's, I say, that's the fastest message that I could send to the future that could maybe communicate this thing, right? Fast in terms right. of how, how easy it is to understand and interpret. Right. Or, or you put something that is very, very difficult to even get into, even if you wanted to. Because if you put that much energy into keeping me out of something, that's a sign too. Like why would, of, the, of all the resources that they have at that time, you know, thinking if from the perspective of the future being, of all the resources they had in the, at the time, they took the, what they valued the most and then they spent it on this. So if you want to leave something on, you know, something for future people to remember you by, or, so, you know, something that you want to contribute to, to be remembered, it's going to be something that you put a lot of energy into, because I think that's how we look back and we see value and importance in any time uh, in history or any time in the future is what what did you put your energy into? Because that's what you had the least amount of, because you only have so much time. And if, and if time is a product of conversion of energy, then you put the most valuable resource, your time into this. So maybe that's why when your girlfriend's just like, give me some time, spend some time with me. She really just wants you to show you, you care. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I was on the thread and I, uh, it slipped my mind and I'm trying to think of where, where it left off, but that was funny. Um, so yeah. So to go back to the beginning, it's like, what, what was I doing? I was, uh, I was putting all of my time into me to yeah. becoming a better, more stronger, resilient, anti-fragile me. That's what I was doing. And I'm doing oh, this that. Is what, this is what I was thinking. Like, okay, so yeah, you, you what something struck me is uh, it's like civilizations over time have grown into these uh, uh, cities, right? These massive metropolitan areas, no matter where you are in the world, right? Focused energy, right? That's all one focused being. If you think yeah, about yeah. it, like a like a map. You would like a chart it would just and it's like and it, is, it is rising up right? right it just makes me think of like city centers as these like uh storage units of time or the most time being spent into their and um, how how that ties into energy for instance like if you you said uh how much time did they spend on this one thing to keep me out right like mm -hmm. uh the pyramids for instance pyramids or great walls around cities or imagine the, the amount of energy exactly. Oh, that's what you were thinking. That's a good example. Uh, the amount of energy that it takes to make this thing, right? Um, basically, you're asking yourself, what is it storing, right? Like, why? Right. What? What? What is it? And in the in like the Egyptian sense, it was like the power plants, right? Isn't that correct? I heard something about like. I don't know, but I I, I really plants. don't know. About, I know they're tombs. But I don't know power plants that I've heard this that. theory that they were like, they're actually power plants. I, okay. The, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, but I've, I've, and now I know I've heard what you've said. Yeah. But tombs for sure. But, uh, but there's like design of being power and it would make sense that it was a power plant. If you could generate power, right. That that mm -hmm. would be, you'd build this monument to the power itself. Wouldn't you? Right. Yeah, exactly. And you'd spend the most or, time and energy on that thing. That's or maybe all. maybe it was more metaphorical and the power plant was just like all the slave energy that had to be right. gone into it to build mm -hmm. it so they could bury themselves in it and say, remember me, I was a great emperor. It seems just less, uh, that just seems so less romantic. Was, yeah, it was, tongue, <laughs> it was tongue in cheek, yeah. It seems so less no, romantic. No. 
Like to think That's, about I mean, a civilization yeah, trying to create a power plant out of stone and gold and, you know, they were trying to send a message to the future. Amazing. Like this requires a we, lot of energy. Yeah. We so, build monuments, right? We're like sending monuments. We're like, we're marking our, we're marking our, uh, place in time by building these magnificent and, and, you know, cities you know, and structures about that is that that climate is so arid and so awful like to build those things in those places like uh it, it's or, pretty like impressive machu picchu, to, instance, machu picchu yeah. is another one you know what i mean yeah to, well it's pretty yeah it's pretty imp- they must have been pretty impressive people to survive that era area with the hardships that it came with being you know, living back then and not having air conditioning and all the comforts we have now make things easy. Hmm. So that's like a, the human race is sort of pushing itself forward in time in a way. <laughs> exactly. Sense. Yeah, exactly. When, when they're pushing themselves forward in time, they're not just put, you know, speeding up their immediate time. They're pushing themselves forward in time. So, cause we're still talking about what they built thousands of years later mm-hmm. we're not talking about a lot of things that happened thousands of you know tens of thousands of years ago mm-hmm. but we are we do still all know about that no matter you know everybody they learn about it in school right so they 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 definitely push themselves forward in time it makes me think of like these swaths of data cities. think about <laughs> think about great art you know when people say well you know what's the difference between you know something mere one makes and an NFT. Okay. Energy. Ooh, there's no, very well, well <laughs> there's really no energy going into well NFTs, right? So it's uh, the amount of energy and, and effort and time that goes into mere ones paintings or art versus, you know, something that somebody scripts up in a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds, uh, you know, to sell on OpenSea. The, the, I mean, it's inherent what why they're different yeah the token, just, you know the, the the nft that token to say oh you own this it's rare well something something that's rare isn't valuable by in and of itself something is valuable if it's rare because it the trade-off was energy you had to put energy to have this rare item it's like oh we there's only this many bored apes okay well there's it makes me think no of this. Oh, this is this is is an interesting concept. Think about um, Omaha, Nebraska, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This is where we are, Omaha, Nebraska. And now think about compare it to Amsterdam. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Think think about those two those two cities and what they mean. So Amsterdam has this like rich culture. There's like this these works of art these paintings of like you know the the masters are there right it has like the city is in it just looks so european and like interesting and you can walk any corner and something and and then compare that to omaha nebraska and it makes me think of these like like making that comparison between a mere one and an nft Which one's the NFT? Omaha, bro. <laughs> but Omaha's a different. Uh, I mean, I no, I get what you're saying in that sense. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The amount of time that's gone into one city as opposed to the other. Maybe they've taken time from Omaha. Not Amsterdam, but ah, interesting concept. Because you know, Omaha. What's Omaha? It's. Uh, where all the foods grown uh, it's where all the cattle and mm, interesting. all keep the going, all all the all the stuff that sustains the cities comes from uh these what do they call it? backwards backward you know behind the times you know that's where all the energy is produced interesting it's where so, it's produced but then it's but then it's taken it's taken and converted in the cities right exactly right 
so it's so when you know we're, we're kind of in a political climate where the the people in the cities the people with all the money they they, they kind of have a lot of control and they kind of think that they should have uh you know they got the education that intelligence the money everything right like they they're going to lead the country in this direction and the values that they think should be um, adopted they're going to kind of try to enforce it on everybody um but then the energy runs out and the food runs out and these are the first places to really see the effects of that you know you, you go to these you know la you go to new you know philadelphia is really bad right now san francisco and what, there's homeless people everywhere i mean it's like growing despair people are addicted to drugs they're dying on the streets uh, people are losing their houses things are falling apart tons of crime um but that's not really happening in the midwest it is you know to some extent things aren't great but it's the political power starts to shift back as well, right? Like Texas is starting to, um, you know, Florida, like their politicians are in the way that they think their, you know, values are starting to become more mainstream again. And it's the energy producers and the, all these, they're, they're kind of, they've got, they're able to, to balance the, the, the power a little bit because it seems like um, you kind of, you pulled too much, of the future forward um, and you can't pull that forward anymore and you can't keep up with that progress you've been making which kind of everything in your system in your you know economy or in your community or in your cities needs to continue to to pull that time forward to sustain itself and so the the, the value and the resources and the power kind of goes back into the into the heartland, so to speak, and those places start to thrive and those places start to pull forward time and to advance at the expense of the, the cities that are running, not necessarily the expense of, but the, uh, yeah, I guess the expense of, cause they, they're paying higher prices for that energy and that food that they're producing. So it's kind of like a, like a, a yin and a yang or a balance mm -hmm. and the balance is starting to swing back to certain areas are not going to be able to afford that much energy anymore because it's just too they they've pulled they've borrowed too much so they're going to slow down that's an and interesting the you're going to speed up that's an interesting visual for me is to think about how energy is being extracted from these rich areas into uh these um not I guess yeah not, not as rich areas that's what we would say yeah exactly so the the energy now that it's valuable again because the everybody ran out now these areas that have been the rust belt these places that have been forgotten called flyover states they're gaining that they're uh, sucking it back in almost they're sucking it back in and they're and they're starting to level the playing field yeah so places you know places that have that energy they're sucking the money back. So as an American, it's probably smart to move to the center. Yeah, right. That's a, a, meta, a That's metaphor. That's an interesting sure. thought. The people, the the based, what is based, you know, God's laws, the people who believe that kind of stuff, the people who talk like that are starting to make a comeback. What, is God, what are God's laws? God's laws are laws of thermodynamics, physics, maybe these people seem like backwards church people or, and they think, Oh, you know, there's a man in the sky and he's looking over me, or that's just how they communicate the fact that they rely on not the funny politics, the lobbying, the lies, the corruption, the stuff, the man's laws, you know, let's write this down in a book. And if we say, so it is, we'll make it inflation illegal. We'll, uh, We'll say we're going to stop the climate from sending hurricanes to Florida, blah, 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 blah. It's, but that's, these are, these are foolish. They're naive. The people who know that so there's going to always make... be, there's always going to be bad storms. There's always going to be bad weather. The climate may change. The uh, things may happen, but I, if I expect it, if I rely, if I trust God, 
I know what I'm saying is I trust that the world is going to be what the world is going to be. And I, I have to adjust to that. I don't expect to make the world adjust to me. It's like, uh, makes me think that Bitcoin is God's law or is it followed law. It, Bitcoin is not God's law, but Bitcoin is built on the laws of God. The, ooh, it's built okay. on the laws of like mathematics, it. the laws mm -hmm. of thermodynamics. Okay. If you if you trust God or if you trust math, if you trust physics, if you trust time, if you trust what you can touch and what you what you can see with your own eyes, not what somebody tells you something is. If you know, if you believe that you can use words written in a book to change society or to change the you know the climate, then you're putting your trust in, in man. And that's not historically a safe bet. It's not God's law. Right. If you follow God's law, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be surprised that uh, it's not that you know the future, but you, you know that if you follow a certain path, you're much more likely to be able to handle that path because you're not getting yourself in over your head. You're not getting uh, arrogant that, uh, that you can overcome things that you can't overcome. You can't overcome with no oxygen, no matter. It almost makes you think that, uh, we're like digitizing religions with, with, uh, cryptocurrency in a way. <laughs> But it's yeah. I mean, I don't. We're not. We're not digitizing religions so much as we are. Look, we have factions. Observe. We're observing. We're the, observing patterns, and we're observing patterns, and we're observing the patterns of of developers in a community who stick to limiting the you know limiting. The, the power of the people who are in charge of it to make more of it by limiting by trusting energy proof of work trusting the uh tick you know if we follow these laws we're going to get TikTok next block if we go the other path of uh if we're going to make a proof of stake and we're going to make our own digital reality and we're going to uh be able to use that despite the physical limitations of the the, the physical world yeah, well, now you're trying to now you're trying to engineer your own reality and it's it's not following those fundamental um, laws of the universe. You're probably gonna get out of sync with that at some point and it's gonna cost you a lot more of your physical funny money to gain anything of value in the real world because you've just you've lost that um, lost that connection. Wow, well done. Well done. So you just gotta stay in balance. And if you follow, if you follow the right, the right laws, you'll stay in balance. You brought something up to me on Slack. That I wanted to to know, or maybe it was on tweet, uh, uh, maybe it was a Twitter uh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you can you speak about that? Which one? I say I say I get stoned and send you a lot of shit. Let me look. Let me find. I'll find. I'm looking for it. We need to record a two part series on the show. The theme. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So we're going to, I think coming up and I, I don't want to like promise it because I, I got to think through this stuff more and, and come up sure. with a good, uh, come up with a good thesis. But I just, let me go back and read this real quick. I wanted to do, I wanted to cover the relationship of time, uh, our value, money, and energy. And, and we kind of covered a little bit of the topics today, just kind of brainstorming, but, um, that concept of why fiat has value and why 
fiat, the different fiats have different values relative to each other. Um, and why that is, and I, we kind of covered it in the sense that however, you know, if you spend a hundred dollars in one currency to consume one unit of energy, whichever currency you can, um, create the most value with the least amount of money for that unit of energy and expect it to have value at any you know given time in the future that is essentially what the why your currency is valued yeah. <laughs> so if so you know if if bitcoin is going to be the um the currency that wins it needs to be the currency that the least amount of it is required to consume a unit of energy and to create value from that, um, that you, from the, using that energy and for it to hold its value in the future. That's, that's it. And I think it just takes, if it, if it's true, if it ends up being the case that it is that, that it, Bitcoin is that, then it, it may, people aren't going to realize that overnight, but they will realize it eventually. And if they don't, then you have the advantage because your currency is still, you need the least of it to consume a unit of energy and create value that outlasts theirs. You'll beat them. Because if they don't follow God's laws, then their currency will get out of sync with the real world and it will cost them a lot of their currency to consume the energy that maybe you by this point in time control. And if Bitcoin mining makes getting energy easier, then Bitcoiners will end up with more energy than everybody else. And if we have more energy than everybody else and we put it to use, uh, we will be in the future and they will not. We will be in control. We will have put. We will have got, gone forward in time, and they will have been left behind. Yeah, well said on that. But I want to go. But I, I would like to talk about that deeper, and I would like to talk and kind of flesh out ideas uh, about how that may be, and kind of maybe use more evidence and more statistics to back up my claim. But I, I just want if anybody else could take it and run with it and uh, kind of spread that idea, if it's true, it might help uh, communicate the value of Bitcoin more. <laughs> oh, shit. Any, anything else on your mind, Dan? Oh, let me see. Now it's going to talk shit, but I'll save it for another episode. I want to. I want to hear some shit. No, I just want to. You know, people are really uh, spooked right now about the government going after DeFi and Sam Bankman-Fried from FTX helping them, and then there's the people who are panicking about, oh, there's Bitcoin's going to bifurcate and it's going to be on these regulated custodial uh, exchanges, and the government's going to take over the mining sector, and they're going to make Bitcoin not fungible if you have a custodial or if you have a self-custodial uh, wallet and you, you know, use a mixer or coin joiner, you're not going to be able to spend your Bitcoin. And I just want to say to like some of these people, if you, uh, if you're so worried about the government letting you spend your Bitcoin, um, maybe you should just sell it because if, if you're not willing to make sacrifices to your convenient and comfortable life, that is all made possible it's all predicated on compliance and regulation you live in the suburbs with an hoa and you you know you're bitching about uh regulation and and compliance and bitcoin if you're worried about that happening um and not being able to use it which you would still be able to use it but you wouldn't be able to use it to further that comfortable life then you you don't really need sovereign money and you just use fiat it's you you your mortgage will always be payable in dollars. You, mm -hmm. Your HOA will be payable in dollars. The, uh, the, the Ralph's grocery store down the street will always be, you, you're fine. Like if, 
if you're that worried about it, just use fiat. You don't need Bitcoin. Chipotle is not going to fucking seize your, your sats off your Zeus wallet because it was used in a whirlpool transaction. Like that's not what you need Bitcoin for, bro. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I suppose uh, there are a lot of conflicting views on it. Um, but uh, but it's going to be fine because like if if Bitcoin becomes, we get to hyper-Bitcoinization. Hyper-Bitcoinization is not state adoption. Hyper-Bitcoinization means we have all the Bitcoin. The government has to become a, a customer of us. Yes. What do we want? What regulations yes, do yes, we want? Because yes. they don't have the Bitcoin. We do. They can't just make their own money anymore. Yes. They have to, if, if we don't want them to be tracking and regulating and taxing and doing these things a certain way, they can't, maybe they could have a law for it, but where are they going to fund their IRS agents and their SEC regulators? They don't have mm. the money. We do. So... If we get to this mm, point, wow, 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 there's, wow. there's there's not going to be all these problems. There's they don't they don't have the money. We have the money. They have yeah. to come to us, and they have to say we're going to provide a service, a structure, uh, a law, a judicial system, uh, you know, an economic system that is beneficial to you and what you want. Because if we don't, we don't eat. We don't get we don't get any money. Uh, it makes me think that another way to say it would be. They don't have the information. We have the information. We have the information and we have the power and we have the energy. And we have the energy. We, yes. They don't have it. We do. We do. Interesting. Because we used it more efficiently than they did. Right. And they lost. And they lost the right and the privilege and to control it. Here's the ledger to prove it. I'll show you. <laughs> like, right. here, I, we, I did the work. Here it is. Right. Right. So stop worrying about, uh, you know, Gary Gensler preventing you from doing whatever you want with your Bitcoin because he won't be real he won't be relevant when it gets to that point right. of it being ubiquitous. Yeah man. I hate getting rid of my Bitcoin when I have to. I fucking hate it. I hate it so much. Never sell your Bitcoin, man. How else if you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. How else can you survive sometimes? We don't know. You have to move to the middle, man. I know. It's right. too expensive out there. You're right. You're right. You're fucking right. Anyway. You want to call it? You want to keep going? You got I'm something else ideas. to say? No, I'm out of ideas for now. I um, I haven't been thinking. Um, you know, never mind. I don't want to go into all that shit. We can All right, we'll think got a little more. <laughs> we can just cut the shit down. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us at, at High Hash Rate on Twitter, or you can hit up uh, Dan at Heartland Bitcoin on Twitter and myself, Mike. I am at Rundance BTC. Yeah.